Hello. I am Melina Vega de Zeniga, and this is an Ask Away podcast. We analyzed the results of the Voyager trial deeply in a previous podcast, which, by the way, has proved to be one of the most listened to podcasts of the ESVS series. Quite a hit. Briefly, the dual pathway, that is, the strategy of combining rivaroxaban 2.5 milligrams twice daily with aspirin 100 milligrams daily, obtained significant reduction of roughly 15% in the primary composite efficacy endpoint of acute limb ischemia, major amputation for vascular causes, myocardial infarction, ischemic stroke, or death from cardiovascular causes, compared to aspirin alone or rivaroxaban alone. And we researched the best medical treatment we can offer the patients in the light of current evidence in different clinical scenarios in another series of very popular podcasts. If you haven't listened to them yet, I recommend you look them up. This is a topic that has raised great interest among our listeners. And in the present short series of podcasts, we are going to try to answer common doubts regarding the dual pathway strategy. We have with us professors Sebastian Debus and Rupert Bowersachs, two of the main investigators of the Voyager trial. Thank you very much for making the time to be with us today to answer our questions. Hi, everybody. Thank you very much, Melina, for this opportunity. So we begin this short series with the risk of bleeding associated with this strategy of a mid-dose direct oral anticoagulant with single antiplatelet treatment. My first question is, should we assess the bleeding risk of a patient, for example, with the CHADVAS scale, like the cardiologists do, before prescribing a dual pathway medication for a given PAD patient? Well, I think this is a very important question. And I think our clinical experience just say we don't need to assess bleeding risk specifically. There are, of course, patients already receiving therapeutic dosage of um, NOAX and so on. So those patients are different. But overall, I don't do this in my clinical experience. And I don't see major bleedings actually in my clinical practice here. And data don't suggest this out of the literature so far. Uh, Sebastian, absolutely, I agree. And we, we don't have a flat score for PLE patients. On the other hand, I think it's also good to be aware of the SMPC of drugs like clopidogrel or aspirin or rivaroxaban. And of course, if there's a patient who had a prior intracerebral hemorrhage or ischemic stroke or a recent GI bleeding, or anemia because of a GI lesion or so, or if he or she's on dialysis, extreme old age or so, that would be reasons for me to think about adding an additional antithrombotic drug here. And I would also look at the hemoglobin value. And if uh, you know this old lady has a hemoglobin of 10 gram per deciliter, there's something not right. And so I'd be a bit careful. Yeah, here. yeah. I fully agree, Rupert. What were the incidents and the most common bleeding events in the Voyager trial? The incidence, the overall incidence of bleeding was 5.94% in the treatment group compared to 5.06% in the control group. The overall risk is not very high. Uh, we have some new analysis from John Eichelbaum, and he looked at the COMPASS trial at the dual pathway inhibition. And what he found was that the gastrointestinal bleeding was more prominent with RIVA compared to placebo. That's always a placebo comparison. So there was 1.5 versus 0.7 or so. The severe ones like intracranial, like we saw in Voyager, these fatal bleedings, intracranial, they were not increased. And Voyager was even lower. So yeah, that's yeah. something where we need to pay attention. Yeah, and these are overall uh, more or less minor bleedings. 
So if a patient treated with dual pathway strategy develops a minor bleeding event, what should we do? Interrupt the dual pathway? For how long? And when should we restart it? I would just interrupt uh, yeah, the yeah. pathway. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's as you said, it was minor bleedings, moderate bleedings, and they were usually treated with just supplemental therapies. And I think if that occurs, one thing to me is very important. It's to talk about the risk and the benefit of the treatment because he or she needs to be aware of the benefit and he or she does not recognize that she didn't get no amputation, no myocardial infarction, no repeat ALI or something. So she or he does not see the benefit. They only mm -hmm. see the, the risks because they have a nosebleed or something. And that's, I think, important to talk to the patient about. Otherwise, they discontinue. Yeah. I agree. However, before restarting, I would first look for the reason of bleeding. So if a yeah. patient develops gastrointestinal bleeding, I would do endoscopy first because many of those bleedings were incident bleedings for tumors. And to rule this out or other problems, I would always do this first before restarting it. Don't you agree? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's, this is key. You need to find the source. And if you found the source and you treat it, then of course the risk is not increased anymore. And, yeah. and for those patients who are on rivaroxaban, for example, plus aspirin, or they are on clopidogrel plus aspirin and so on, the ESC recommends PPIs. I mean, I would put them on PPIs mm -hmm. if they have combined antithrombotic treatment. That's a standard, really. So if the bleeding event is major, what should we do then? It really depends on the degree of bleeding. If it was an intracerebral hemorrhage, of course, I think this is a very high hurdle and I would really go down with antithrombotic treatment. I would even question whether we can use aspirin at all in these patients. Mm -hmm. So that's clear. Otherwise, if the cause, as you said, is treated, then I have no issue. And again, yeah. it's important to talk to the patient. It's important to talk to the general practitioner or the team. Yeah, of course. But I think... In general, it always makes sense to restart the therapy yeah, yeah. as the clinical net benefit always is higher than the risk for bleeding. So thanks a lot, both of you, for your work in the trial, for your podcast here, for your wisdom, for sharing your time with us. Thank you too, Melina. I hope you join us uh, again next time to our podcast. And if you have any questions and feedback, please, we're happy to receive that. And Melina and Sebastian, thank you very much. We'll be back soon with more podcasts, so keep tuned. Take care. Bye.